We need to understand how to transition from a prayer moment to a prophetic moment. And if we have questions, we need to stay in prayer until we have received God's answer. And once we receive God's answer, then begin to declare it. How many know that it's important to declare what God's word says about us? Amen. And so I declare, if God is for us, what does it matter? Or who does it matter? What's against us? Amen. How many know if God is for us? Somebody say, if God is for me, what does it matter? Who does it matter? That which is against me. Because God is for me. Amen. And I declare that no weapon, somebody say no weapon, formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Let's go to God in prayer as we jump into God's word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to receive of your word today. Father, help me to speak Father, as you would have me to speak, help me to share the things that you put in my heart to share to each and every one here today. Father, help us to understand and let let us to have ears to hear and receive of your word in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout out amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, it says this, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Somebody say, how much more? Will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? How many know God wants to give you good things? Just somebody say that this morning. Say, God wants to give me good things. Have you ever had anyone who is very knowledgeable about something or who you could depend on in a certain situation or a circumstance? Anybody ever had anybody like that? Anytime I ever have any lawnmower problems, anything issues with the lawnmower, there's a guy that I know that's a great mechanic. And so I always call him up and I always tell him what's going on. And he always knows what's going on. He can always look at the situation. He can look at the circumstance and he can find the problem. There are those that have knowledge that are just good at doing something. And so if you had a question, you'd go to them and ask them. How many you got somebody like that at work? Maybe at work that you say, you know what? I need to go and I need to ask them. You know, my dad's one that I like to go to my dad. He's one that that as a father, that if I don't have the answer for, if I don't know in the natural what to do, you know, I can go to my natural father and ask him because maybe he's been in that situation. Maybe he knows about the circumstance. Maybe he's been through something like that. And therefore I can gain knowledge based on somebody else's experience, right? But see, even greater than that, I can go to our heavenly father. How many know we have a heavenly father who created the heavens and the earth, who knows everything about everything, Amen. All he had to do was speak light. There was no such thing as light. He said, let there be. Everybody say it together. Let there be light. And there was light. You know, he didn't create the sun and the moon and the stars until days later. So what was that light? What was the light that he created? He said, let there be light. So we can have someone that is very knowledgeable. And so God, in a sense, didn't call us to just wing it. 
He called us to do what he said for us to do. I mean, whenever he called Adam in the garden, I want you to think about this, how important this is. Where did Adam get the knowledge of how to call and speak and and name all the animals? Where did that come from? That came from God. God called Adam to work. How many know that it's a godly principle to work? Amen. And he said, and he gave him a job, and his job was to tend the garden and to name all the animals. That was a part of his job, a part of his work. But where did that knowledge come from? That knowledge came from God. And therefore, Adam would speak what God told him to speak. And he'd say, oh, that's an elephant right there. Where did that knowledge come from? Where did that language come from? It came from God. How many know that God is our greatest asset? He is the one who created the world, including us. How many know that God created us? I just have this during me. Go with me quickly to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1. In verse 4, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God knew who you were before you were born. Amen. Then he said, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. I want you to highlight that in your Bible. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse 8, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set over thee a nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Verse 12. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Another translation says this. He says in the Amplified, for I am alert. I am active. I am watching over my word to perform it. God is watching over his word to perform it. If you're not seeing God active in your life, if you're not seeing God do things in your life, then you need to ask yourself, where's my word level? What word am I speaking? What word am I declaring? Because God just declared that I am watching over my word to declare it. God just has to speak. When he said, let there be light, there was light. When God speaks a word. But see, I love this. God gave Adam dominion. God gave him a job. He gave him the ability to speak and to call the animals, to name the animals. And then Adam sold us out. And he gave that dominion and the authority over to Satan, the enemy. But then Jesus, somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus came back and he took what the devil stole. He came and took back our dominion and our authority. And now we can declare and speak what God instructs us to speak. Look at this in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 2. It said, and when Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. 
So I want you to understand, Jesus took time after he was baptized, and he went out and he fasted and he prayed after he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said to Satan, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Somebody say every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We are not supposed to live by bread alone, but by every word out of the mouth of God. Jesus received an answer to the temptation by prayer and fasting. That God began to speak to him. How many of you have ever taken some time and you fasted and you prayed? You know, the Bible says that that we ought to fast and to pray. It says when you fast and pray. It's not asking if you fast and pray. You ought to take time and to fast and to pray. If you're believing and you need to hear from God, you need to take time to fast and to pray. Instead of walking around saying, well, I don't know why it's not happening. I don't know why God's not speaking to me. Have we taken time and turned off the cell phone, turned off the TV, and gotten alone in our prayer closet with God and say, God, I'm waiting on you. I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to my heart. And see, Jesus received a word, and he said, it is written. He got it. He had the book. He had the answer. He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus received the answer. And see, I love this. Pastor Reggie, when he was here a couple weeks ago over in Florence, he said this at a Sunday night prayer meeting, and it's just something that's been stirring in me since he said it, was that prayer processes the plans of God. Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I want you to look at how important that it is that prayer processes the plans of God. I'm grateful that I don't have to pray. I get to pray. Amen. I don't have to come to church. I get to come to church. I don't have to praise the Lord. I get to praise the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 2, it says, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. In verse 3, it goes on to say, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast through all Judah. So I want you to understand what's going on here. All of a sudden, all these things, all these nations are coming to attack the city of Judah. They're coming to attack God's people after God had already brought them out of the kingdom of darkness, how God had already brought them out of the wilderness, how God had already opened up the door and had blessed them in the promised land. Amen? And so he's here, and all of a sudden now all these people are coming to attack and so he proclaims a fast in all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. You know, that there's times that we ought to gather and we ought to come to God and ask help from the Lord. How many of you have ever asked the Lord for help? I want you to get this this morning because it's important. He said he went to ask him for help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? 
And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Again, I want to point out that what he began to declare and began to speak was he began to talk about how big, how great, how mighty, how powerful God is. How many know God is a great God? He's a big God. And so God, he begins to declare who God is. Instead of magnifying the problem, he magnified the answer, the problem solver. How many know God's a problem solver? And so he begins to pray and and begins to seek the Lord and begins to fast. And so now they are fasting and they're praying. Skip down to verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel and he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Every time I hear that, every time I read that, there's something that jumps up in my spirit. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. Just shout that out this morning. Say, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. That God doesn't want you to be afraid. He doesn't want you to be discouraged. He doesn't want you to be downtrodden. He wants you to be lifted up. See, that's what's great about God. When we go to God and we come to God and we say, God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't have the answer. God says, I'm going to lift you up. And God, I've given you Jesus. I'll give you the answer. If you ask, I'll I'll give you the answer. You shall receive. If you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find. And so he said, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them, and they surely will come up to the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerul. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. How many are glad when the Lord is with you? Somebody just shout and give God a praise that God is with you. That the Lord is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. See, it's amazing that he repeats it twice. He says, first he says, do not be afraid nor dismayed for this great multitude. And then he reminds us at the end of the prophecy and he says, do not be afraid nor dismayed. I will be with you. Just in case we didn't get it the first time, God likes to clarify it and say, oh, yeah, I want to remind you, I'm going to be with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. See, when we get to an answer, when we get to the answer that God has for us, we ought to take time and worship and thank the Lord for the answer. That there should be a time of thanksgiving. The Bible says this, with prayer and thanksgiving, let all your requests be made known to God. That's why it's important when we come together in the house of the Lord that we spend time together praising and worshiping and thanking the Lord and exalting who he is. 
Because how many know God is greater than anything or any situation? God is greater. And one of the things I focused on last week, he said to position yourselves. I really, one of those positions is, is you can't know how to position yourself until you get into prayer and fasting and God speaks to you. And then he declared from Jehaziel where God told them to position themselves. If they would not have marched out and gone to the place that God told them to go, then God wouldn't have been with them. If they would have just stayed in their house and said, oh, God's got the battle. God's going to take care of it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to stay home in my castle and I'm going to stay in my hut and I'm just going to stay there because God said he's got it. And therefore, then God wasn't with them because God wouldn't say he was with them at their house. He was with them when he said, go to the place that I tell you to go. Do the thing that I tell you to do. So God gave Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, an answer. And then verse 20, so they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And they, as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said. So I want you to understand something. Now Jehoshaphat is declaring again what God said. I want you to get this now. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes this morning. See, there was a time of prayer and fasting. There was a time that Jehoshaphat needed an answer. There was a moment when he was confused and didn't know what to do. That if he would have looked by the natural, he was afraid because the armies were coming against them. But instead, he begins to look at the supernatural and begins to declare and seek God for the answer. All of a sudden, God gives him an answer. Jehaziel prophesies and gives Jehoshaphat the answer. He gives him the thing that he was believing God for, and then he worships and thanks God. Now we're at the next day. He's walking up to the battle. He's walking to the place that God told him he would be with him. And it says, Jehoshaphat stood and said in verse 20, he declared, hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. So Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, I want to go back. In that place of prayer, he needed the answer. Once he had the answer, he didn't need to pray anymore. He needed to declare. Because now he had the answer. He had what God had spoken to him. And now he needed to declare out of his mouth what God had spoken to him. See, when I want you to think about this. When Jesus would take time to pray all night long and spend time alone with the Lord, he would declare the will of God and things must obey the will of God. Because after it was, after all, it was God who spoke and created the universe. See, I want you to think about that. When Jesus said, let us go to the other side, he was asleep in the boat on the way to the other side because he had already prayed. He had already taken time and spent time with God. And he declared and said, let us go to the other side. All of a sudden, the wind and the waves began to come up and toss the, the thing so much so that the disciples became afraid and woke up the master and saying, master, don't you even care that we're about to die? But yet he had peace and knowing on the inside what God's will was that they were going to the other side. And so Jehoshaphat declared, O Judah and you inhabitants in Jerusalem, 
Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Somebody just shout that out this morning and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Punch your neighbor and tell him, say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on, somebody give him a shout. Now, verse 22, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. It goes on to talk about how they were so blessed after they were defeated, it was so much spoiled that it took them three days to receive the blessings that God had for them. But God gave Jehoshaphat an answer, and he declared it. Jehoshaphat needed wisdom, and he needed help, and he needed an answer, and it comes in a place of prayer. In the communion with God, he got the answer. Once he got the answer, then it was time to transition from prayer to prophecy in the sense of he went from prayer to declaring what God had told him what to say. See, once he got the answer, it was time to declare. It was time to command. Command God? No, we don't command God. We command the thing or the situation or the circumstance to line up with God's will because that is discovered in prayer. See, we don't command God, but we can command situations to get in line with God's word. We can speak to the mountain and it has to move because God's word said the mountain has to move. You can speak to things and call things and that be not as though they were because God's word says that you can do so. But see, some of us have heard things in prayer but haven't declared them. We need to understand how to transition from a prayer moment to a prophetic moment. And if we have questions, we need to stay in prayer until we have received God's answer. And once we receive God's answer, then begin to declare it. I never quite got this before, but I want you to understand that I'm not talking about prophesying over somebody else. I'm talking about declaring and calling things into your life. That the Bible says in Proverbs that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so you can speak life or you can speak death over your life, over your situation. God gives you the choice. Sometimes we don't need any help from the peanut gallery. We don't need any help from, from the family member who didn't live and saved, and they had the audacity to come up and tell us, well, if I was you, I'd go do this. You don't need to hear what they got to say. I mean, it's kind of like somebody, you know, here's some sound advice. You don't need to get marriage advice from somebody who doesn't have a successful marriage, who can't stay married, hadn't been married for many years, can't keep a marriage, has been married multiple times. You don't need to get marriage advice from somebody like that. And so I'm talking about speaking over your life, speaking and declaring what God told you to speak, not what he told you to tell somebody else. I found this out about God. Many times if God does reveal something to you about someone else, it's because he wants you to pray for someone else. Not so that you can go and tell someone else what you discovered in your prayer. 
See, that's what it happens. They come up, and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, hey, Brother Bernie, yeah, you know what? The other day, I was praying the other day, and somebody, the God told me this about so-and-so. Did you know that about so-and-so? See, right when you do that, now you just, you, you just lost the opportunity. God, now God can't trust you to tell you anything else because you didn't take time to pray for somebody else. Now you began to talk about somebody else. See, God, when he reveals it, it's so that you can help pray for someone else. I've heard testimony after testimony of somebody that woke up in the middle of the night. God put somebody on their heart. They began to pray. They began to intercede. They began to fast for them. And all of a sudden, in a week or two or a couple of days later or even the next day, somebody would call them up and said, man, you know what? I almost died the other night. But you know what? I just sensed the presence of God. And they'll say, oh, yeah, you know why? Because, I, you know, at 2 in the morning, I woke up, and I began to pray for you, and I began to lift you up, and I began to intercede for you. And, and all of a sudden, God turn that thing around. See, that's what I'm talking about, living in the spirit, declaring what God tells your spirit, telling what God declares for you. And so, no, we don't command God, but we command the situation. We command the circumstance to line up with God's will, which is discovered in prayer. So some of us have heard things in prayer, but haven't declared them yet. We need to understand how to transition from a prayer moment to a prophetic moment. If we have questions, we need to stay in prayer until we have received God's answer and then began to declare it. Too many times, though, people just pray about their own prophecies and step away from the prayer moment and just say what they want to be. Just because you said it doesn't make it prophecy. And so if you don't get an answer in prayer, we don't need to start prophesying until we get an answer. The reason why Jehoshaphat was successful in the battle is he didn't decide to take things into his own hands. What does Proverbs tell us? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. But many times we want to go on our own path and say, God, bless this path. God, I want to go this way. God, I want to do this job. God, I want to marry this person. Whether you want me to or not, this is my path. This is what I want you to do. I want you to bless it. And then we wonder why when we went and although we took time and we prayed, we didn't get God's answer on it. I don't know about you, but I thank God that I spent time in prayer. I thank God for my godly wife who's in there ministering to your kids and teaching them about Jesus. You need to spend time and take time and pray and fast and say, God, what is it? Who is it that you want me to marry? What job is it that you want me to have? You know, there might be times that God might want you to take a job that doesn't look as promising because he has a faster promotion for you than the job that you end up settling for because you didn't wait on God for the answer. And then you wonder, God, why am I stuck in this job? Why am I in this miserable situation? And God wasn't with you. God did. God said he was with them because they took time. They prayed. They fasted. They got the answer. And then he declared it. Look at this. John 15 verse 7 says this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Here is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. See, it's interesting the way God puts that. He didn't say we know God abides in us, but he puts it on us. He puts it on our ability. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. See, I think a lot of times we think, oh, well, God loves us. God, Jesus is in my heart. I can just say what I want to say, and that's going to happen because Jesus loves me. No, do you have God's word abiding in you? 
See, one cannot declare God's words if you're not abiding in him. Therefore, you cannot bear the fruit that God wants you to bear. One of the reasons most of us don't hear from God is that we don't stay in prayer. When we receive an answer, we should move from a prayer moment to a prophetic moment and declare over our life what God has said. I want you to think about in the Old Testament when Joshua commanded the sun, when Joshua commands the sun to be still, I want you to understand that Joshua was telling the sun to be obedient to what God had said. See, what are you commanding according to God's will? When we stay in prayer, we hear from God. One of the reasons most of us don't hear from God is because we don't take time and pray. I don't know if you've been missing it on Wednesday nights, but I'll tell you what, we have had a fervent prayer meeting and prayer time in the presence of the Lord on Wednesday nights. And see, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time waiting on God, God promises to answer you. Jesus tells us this. He, this, is, this is that we can know in James chapter 1. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into, di- into diverse trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. Who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything, From the Lord. He is a double minded man and unstable in all of his ways. That's prayer. Prayer is the place of asking. Prayer is the place of receiving. Prayer is the place of seeking. Prayer is the place of knocking. And then once we've received it, prophecy is when we take the answer and declare what God said. A great definition of prophecy, I heard a great man of God say it this way. Prophecy is simply delivering the inspiration of God. How can one deliver the inspiration of God without spending time in prayer? If, if someone, I used that example earlier, but if you needed help, like let's say I needed help on my lawnmower, so I called the lawnmower guy up. I had to call him and say, hey, my lawnmower is smoking. What do I do? But if I wouldn't have taken time to call him up, and get an answer, then I would have just stood around saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But if I take time and I call upon God, I spend time in God's presence. I call God and say, God, I got this situation and I don't know what to do, but I know you know what to do. God, I need an answer. And once I get the answer, I begin to declare. And then I can say, hey, guys, uh, so-and-so said to do this to the lawnmower. And then now I can say, hey, guys, God said for me to declare of you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That God said that he's for you and not against you. Because you spent time in prayer to receive the answer for what you needed. See, if we're in a place of confusion or if we don't know what to do, we need to get into a place of prayer for God to speak to us. How does God speak to us? By the Holy Spirit. He speaks to our heart. You will know when God has given you a word because it will have a witness in your spirit. Brother Hagin used to say it would be like a velvety feeling in the inside. And, then, and I know we don't walk by feelings. If there was like something in you, you have like a cringe, like, you know, no, I don't need to do it. 
You know, I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, you know what, I knew walking down the aisle, God told me not to walk down the aisle. I knew walking down there that God told me not to. I had something telling me on the inside. But it doesn't happen until we get into marriage counseling. And after they already gone through the whole process and accept, they should have waited and said, God, I'm waiting on you. I need to get your answer on the problem. You should have a witness. It's kind of like knowing that you're saved. You, when you got saved, you know that you're saved because you have a witness. You prayed a prayer, and then you confessed, and you received it. Look at this in Romans chapter 10. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. And so for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the Lord our God over all is rich to all who call upon him. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible even says that whenever we have that, that we have a witness. That you have a witness on the inside that you know that you're saved. We are not commanding God to do anything. But we are simply repeating what God said. When I declare I am saved, I'm simply repeating what God has already declared in his word and in my spirit and revealed to me in my prayer time that I am saved. I don't have to worry. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to fret. I know that I know that I know that I am saved. 